Hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of Love at First Psych, a Psych First Watch Rewatch podcast. I am Jake Christie, one of your hosts and a longtime fan of Psych, and I'm joined by my co-host and a first-time fan of Psych, Andre Barrera. Andre, Andre, how are you? Just eating some halal, guys, watching the rain outside. It's They said it never rains in Southern California. I want to meet that person and punch them in the face. You know, it actually must suck. It must have sucked whenever uh, the band Garbage would tour Southern California because, you know, they're only happy when it rains. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's been – today in New York, it's been a bit of a wintry mix, which is one of my favorite terms where it's snow and rain on and off. Um, really? Yeah. Uh, hmm. But the good thing is it's been like 35 degrees, so it will, be, it will be snowing in the air, which is good because snow obviously is not as annoying as rain but because it's not so cold the snow is not packing up on the ground it's just becoming water so today actually wasn't that bad um but yeah it's 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 been unseasonably warm this whole winter except this pat like the past week has been really cold for march so i just remember like every time i went to new york in the winter time it was like super annoying because it was cold as shit outside and every bar you went to was super hot and you were like carrying all your shit on you it was terrible I mean, it's the same thing with like the subways, like that. If you go, if you, especially if you're on like a mm-hmm. track that's a couple levels underground, um, yeah, it's it's why I hate the winter. Um, and the thing I was like, I just hate this tiny bit of mental energy it requires to have to put on a jacket before you go somewhere. Like, I just like being like, hey, what I'm wearing right now is what I'm gonna leave the house in. <laughs> I don't like having to, you know, think about what the temperature is gonna be outside. Um, but anyway, we're back. We took a little hiatus, which means I had to bring back the bit. <clears throat> The bit that no one except for Andre can enjoy, where I put on a hat halfway through the episode. Um, and, nice. Uh, Make America great again? That's a No, nice it's, uh, yes. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a hat I tweeted about. I got a Top Gun hat uh, the night of the Oscars because I walked by a pop-up shop that was selling Top Gun merch. And uh, oh, wow. I was going to an Oscars party, and I knew I didn't have anything <laughs> movie-related to wear. And did you go so to Springthorpe's? Yes, I did go to Springthorpe's, which is the best Oscar party. Uh, they have great dishes. All yeah, based I saw on the menu. Puns. Yeah. Um, one of the dishes was, of course, based on the menu, which wasn't nominated for an Oscar, but like it was kind of hard not to do a menu based dish. Um, oh, the menu, the movie. The yes, menu. I know. Yeah, no, I, I knew that you didn't mean that. I was saying, um, that he no, 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 I meant like, yeah, I he recreated sure. the, the shitty lamb dish, um, from the menu. Uh, huh. yeah, um, but there was, of course, the tar cooterie board, um, multiple types right. of spiel, spielburgers. How did um, you do, by the way? I came in second. I yeah, sixteen out of twenty three. Um, I didn't do well. I don't. I didn't count them up, but it was like I. I was to... I was the reigning champion because basically there's a trophy that whoever wins takes, and by that it means whichever one of me and him wins. Uh, and I had it for the last two years, but he won it back. Um, at the last second, I changed my cape. I mean, my Michelle Yo guess to a Cape Blanchett guess, and that did me in. I went with Cape Blanchett too. Fuck. I mean, I, I, I should. I thought that there was gonna be some pushback because of the Michelle Yeoh Instagram controversy, but I'm just too online, and I should realize that no one would have cared about that. Anyway. Did you call the Brendan Fraser one? Sorry, that's the last yes, thing. Yes, I did. There. Yes, I did because I, wow, th- I, I did thought not. I did because I thought that when the SAG award bin was big for him, and I think the fact is that like, I think that the Oscar voters, that the type that the, the people that vote for the Oscars that don't vote for the other awards, like the difference tends to be like a lot of older producer crew guys and mm-hmm. i just felt and i think i write about this that they would be turned off by the fact that austin butler still sounds like elvis and like they don't i just i, I just don't think that he appeals to them at all as an actor as like i sorry as a person not as an actor and so i didn't think that they would want to reward him and i think that i'm right and honestly because i find austin butler off-putting and i think it's weird that he still does the elvis voice it's weird but he was really good oh i think he's really good too i think it's a better performance mm-hmm. than Burton fraser but um how about a better performance than uh rami malik Oh, definitely. Yeah, Rami Malek's performance is the worst Oscar-winning performance I think I've seen in since I started. Been, since I've been following the Oscars, <coughs> it is the worst performance I've seen get awarded an Oscar by a pretty wide margin. Because even like yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis, who did, didn't deserve an Oscar, it's still a good performance in the movie. Like it's not like it is a bad. I think that the Rami Malek performance is legitimately a bad movie performance. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So I. I mean, I already did a two and a half hour Oscars pod for our Patreon, so I can't do this again. Um, okay. So, we're talking about Psych Episode 9 of the first season, Forget Me Not. An episode about Alzheimer's disease. Sad stuff. Um, In a very, very, like, I mean, that's not really what it's about, but I get what you're saying. No, it's not. It's, like, it's weird, because I think it's simultaneously, I think, it obviously is completely inaccurate with the way that Alzheimer's disease actually works, but it is also, I think, 
it is, I think, there's actually a lot of caring for the character experiencing it. Like, I, I don't, they don't really hang him out to dry them much. Like, you feel, I think you feel bad for him the whole time, even when it's, like, a little bit funny. Like, I, I don't feel like it's, you know, they don't have him, like, in his underwear, not knowing where he is. Like, it's kind of, you, you feel, I, at least I feel bad for him the whole time. I'm not really ever laughing at him. Yeah. Oddly enough, I feel like this would have been handled worse on Monk. Oh, I, I, 100, I 100% agree. Because I think that they would have really played up the different, how much crazier he is than Monk. And I think that yeah. there's just a, yeah, I, like I said, I think that there is, one of the things that I think makes this episode a good episode in the arc of the show is mm-hmm. I think it's no, it was notable to me, having watched the first eight episodes, that Sean always is incredibly empathetic and sympathetic to him. And like he is, I think this is the episode where, even though he still does some of his dumb tricks trying to hook up with a girl, he is, I think, incredibly kind to someone who needs it and i think that that is a kind of development that he never you know is a dick to him you know yeah no you're right but we start back in 1986 we're at the zoo uh and sean is making fun of a girl named trish um and uh henry and the man we later learn is captain connors are chaperoning the trip um did you ever go to a zoo as as a trip as a kid like as as a school trip I didn't go to the zoo for the first time until I was, like, 21. I haven't been to a zoo since I think I was, like, 15. So we're different there. Um, and it's, there's, uh, I mean, the last one I went to was something in Florida. Because, I, I mean, but I, I've been to the – I was, went to the Bronx Zoo when I was a little kid. Um, and there are great zoos in New York. I just honestly – th- a thing that happens to a lot of New Yorkers is that uh, when you move to New York, especially when you're young, like a young adult – you just never do any of the regular touristy things. And so, like, I've never been to the Central Park Zoo. Like, I've never been to the Empire State Building. You know what I mean? Like, just all the things like that. Like, you just don't because it. if you're a tourist, it's like, I'm going to go on the day I have available. Whereas, I technically could go any time, and so I never have. Yeah. I've been to the Central Park Zoo. It was not great. I've, I mean, the Bronx Zoo is the gold standard uh, in New York. It's the best one. I, I, from what I understand, people say like the San Diego Zoo is the best zoo in America, and then usually the I've Bronx been there. Zoo. So I've been there. the Bronx Zoo is usually in the top five. I also want the Prospect Park Zoo. I hear has a good red panda exhibit, which is great. Um, so I might want to go there sometime. Um, is that the chick who spins the dishes at the at the Nets halftime shows? Uh, yes. It, no, she does it all over. But that's a good joke. That's also named Red Panda. But anyway, <laughs> did we go to the ostrich? Uh, and the ostrich is choking on something, and it's not food, and it's not... The ostrich is not choking on its own words. It's choking yeah. on a tennis ball. God damn it, I was going to say chili dog. Um, yeah, oh, it's, choking on a ten- it's choking on a tennis ball, and obviously the natural inc- inclination is to blame Sean for this in some way, because he's such a a bad kid. Um, but, you know, uh, so basically Henry pulls him onto the school bus and interrogates him in his cop ways. And Sean says it wasn't him, but mm-hmm. he doesn't want to snitch on who it was. Mm-hmm. And so Captain Connors shows up on the bus and like kind of says that he believes Sean. Um, and then Henry reacts like all pissed off by saying like, you know, you handle your kid. Let me handle mm-hmm. mine. And um, yeah, that's kind of what happened, right? Yeah. And so I, th- I think that's an important moment because I think that, that explains a lot of Sean's sympathy towards him. Exactly. Because he sees him as a guy who believed him in the one situation where he's telling the truth. And then we cut to modern day, and uh, Sean and Gus are spying on grown-up Trish and Captain Connors, who Captain Connors, of course, played by uh, Kurt Wood Smith, um, Red Foreman, of, obviously, of that 70s show fame, uh, Clarence Bodiger of RoboCop fame. He's just done a lot of Okay, I was going to ask you I was gonna ask you what his name was in RoboCop, because I haven't seen RoboCop since I was like, and this is the worst thing to say, I haven't seen that movie since I was like six years old. Well, the good thing is I saw it for the first time like a year ago, so I don't remember. Also, Clarence Bodiger is like a super, great name. But it's like super violent, isn't it? It is one of the most violent movies ever released in mainstream American cinema, and I'm surprised. That you and I watched it as a child. Movie. Yeah. My dad was a Because it's, it's, it's like, it is so gory. <laughs> it's yeah, like I remember, I remember some dude. I remember some dude getting flattened. Yes. Right? Or I'll be honest like- with you, if... It fucking rules, and you should rewatch it at some point. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it is uh, it is so violent. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, that and his daughter is played by Ashley Williams, who the second inductee into the Bin on Monk and Psych Hall of Fame. 
Um, she, of ah, course, nice. plays the Black Widow character in Mr. Monk Goes to a Wedding, who is trying to marry Natalie's brother. Um, ah, she probably yes. is most known for playing, a lo- I forget what her name was, but uh, like a season-long arc on How I Met Your Mother as a okay. someone who yeah, thought was mother. Okay, she yeah. also now is on a lot of Hallmark movies, and she is sisters with uh, Kimberly Paisley Williams, who was the daughter and father of the bride. Um, you know, just really? got all these facts on deck. Yeah. Oh, they're like a big age gap, uh, sisters. I think it's like eleven years or something like that. But um, yeah. Yeah. So that's the that's the info dump on Ashley Williams, um, and uh, yeah. So they're talking about how she looks good now that she's not ugly anymore, um, and so uh, they go and she comes inside, and Sean pretends that he's using his psychic abilities to know that it's her. Right, because um, I think we're all assuming here that it's been a long time since they've seen each other, probably since high school, give mm-hmm. or take. Um, and he does pull his little psychic thing where, like, Gus is facing her and he has his back to her. And he mentions, oh, there's someone from my past. Did we go to high school together. Is it whatever? And then he guesses who it is. But not only does he guess who it is, he also he feels a, another presence. Could it possibly mm-hmm. be her father as well? Yep, and uh, he comes in, and he's clearly scatterbrained. He's all over the place. He's, he's He wants help with something, but he's trying to get, like, a note or something or whatever. He can't find it. But mm-hmm. Sean sees a, a little thing he wrote himself on his shirt sleeve um, <clears throat> that uh, he lets him know that he believes there's a murder. But the problem, of course, is that he's witnessed a murder, but he doesn't know who was killed and who the murderer was. So... He uh, needs help from a psychic. Um, yeah, he can't go to the police because, of course, he doesn't have any evidence. I mean, you can't have evidence if you don't know who the hell was killed and if you don't have the basic information. Yes. So the next day, they go. Oh, hold on, but like, okay. but like in a in a oh. callback to like you know the first part of the episode, Sean says that he believes him, which I guess he's like right. repaying him the favor. Yes. So they go to where he enjoys his coffee every morning to see maybe that's where he witnessed the murder. But unfortunately, when they're there, Sean notices a newspaper that has uh, a particular way of writing an I in a crossword and realizes that, uh uh-oh, Henry Spencer is there. And so they run into Connors again. And of course, Connors, there's no recollection of them meeting the day before. Yeah. So, yeah, there's, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to litigate it too much but no yeah it's really inconsistent how much he doesn't yeah. know um, yeah because like i would say that like some of the stuff is early onset alzheimer's <laughs> some of it is like fairly significant alzheimer's um yeah but, but also they did mention when they're there that the place that they're at specializes in double chocolate and mango pineapple scones which sounds fucking disgusting i don't know yeah is chocolate and mango good like i don't think it is i I don't, I'm pretty – the thing is, you know me, I'm always open to, like, dirtbag combinations of food. But chocolate and like, – I feel like chocolate is a thing – I just assumed that at some point someone figured out all the fruits that go well with chocolate and any other fruit than those, like, handful, don't try. You know what I mean? People are like, you know, strawberry and chocolate is good or, like, you know, cherry Bananas. and chocolate can work. But, like, I just, mango just feels too tropical. It just doesn't – I don't know. Yeah, no, it's it's too like I think I want to say that citrus because I don't even like orange chocolate. I think that shit is gross. I've Personally. had it where I like it, where it's like I like it if it's like a very small amount of orange. Like if you put a little orange zest on chocolate, I like it, but like I don't like it when it's equal parts. But that's like number five at the best on your list. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, I don't like it a lot. But I mean, I'm yeah. Well, I guess what I'm saying is that like that's I think you're kind of proving my point of like there's really only a couple fruits that chocolate goes well with. Yeah, agreed. Um, but, uh, we then cut to the police station where, uh, Jules meets a woman named Sabrina Vito, who, uh, believes that her, uh, boyfriend is missing. She's been putting up flyers of this bald-headed, you know, dude. And then we cut back to the coffee spot and the reminiscing about a naked lady that, uh, Henry was trying to quote-unquote arrest. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, I had my eyebrows raised for a second. Um, so yeah, so they're, they're chatting there, and Sean uh, notices a. I don't know why he notices a briefcase next to him. What is that? To do with he, he notices the briefcase, and he sees that they're like notes and stuff. Mm-hmm. He sees no, the word like, shaved on it. 
uh-huh. shaved on it. And then he sees the mo- the uh, missing person poster and he sees a shaved head. And so he puts it together. Then he starts describing the guy and this gets Connor's going. Yeah, it gets the gears turning. Um, he starts rambling um, about a guy, a guy named Mike with a shaved head. And he seems to believe he witnessed him arguing with Mort Crocker over there mm-hmm. in the park. Um, so that's kind of what he says. And Henry starts to kind of a little bit by, but importantly that the murder was pinned on a mountain lion. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, correct. And so Henry starts to like, kind of like make light of it slash kind of like feed into it. I guess he's trying to figure out if he's just referring to a previous case, which ends up being the case. Well, I think specifically what he's doing is he is basically showing that he is suggestible, that he's able to just ah. tell, feed him the things. And and obviously he's using the details of a previous case, but he's using that to prove, like, no matter what you tell him, he will be like, yes, that's it. Because that, I think, I, I don't know how, like, realistic it is in this moment, but that is a very common thing with people who have memory issues, is that if you, even if it's not like dementia or something, if you tell someone something to fill in a gap in their memory... Almost always, unless it's completely anathema to what they already know, your mind will fill it in because it's a blank space, and so it needs to be filled with something. And so it's like that's how a lot of, a lot of honestly, a lot of hypnotic. There's a, some evidence to suggest that some hypnotherapy is like bullshit in that way. That it's about suggesting things that fill in things you don't remember, as opposed to actually. Uh, obviously, you know, I'm not saying that all hypnotherapy is bad, but like that is a way you could convince someone of something by saying like, oh no, you just don't remember this. You heard it here first. Uh, this podcast is anti-hypnotherapy. See, the thing is, I, I, I want to make it clear I'm not because I'm so willing to make this podcast anti a lot of things. Like, I, I you know, like, I'm fairly fine just being shooting from the hip in most things. But, you know, I, 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 I've heard that it can work in some things. But I, I don't know how much, you know, you sit in there will unearth childhood trauma you forgot. Anyway. How about, are you anti-disestablishment? Uh, anti-disestablishmentarianism? Uh, no, I'm actually pro-disestablishmentarianism, because if I remember correctly, anti-disestablishmentarianism is the idea that there shouldn't be separation between church and state, and I think Correct. that there should be, so I'm pro-disestablishmentarianism. Um, and so, we learned that the Zoe case, Zoe Sharp, was a woman who was found dead 20 years ago who was mauled by a mountain lion that, you know, Connors didn't really accept the, the case, and that Henry thinks, and this is, I think, completely plausible, that in his Alzheimer's brain, he conflated this missing person poster with a case that was still unresolved. Well, how fortuitous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it is fortuitous, but that's, you know, that's why this is a television show and uh, not real life. Uh, <laughs> that's why, I'm not saying you're saying this, but it's always annoying when people are like, man, this movie had such a crazy coincidence in it. It's like, I'm sure it did, and that's why they made a movie about it, as opposed to real. Yeah, I, it doesn't have to happen every day, but like you know. No, a, no, of course. No, I'm, I'm speaking in the universe of the show, oh, like how that it, that it works for that. You know, I know. I'm, I'm just saying. I was just honestly, I mostly just think, still thinking about the people who are like the ending of Tar has to be a dream sequence because it would be so crazy if a woman spoilers for Tar if a woman ran out of the back and tackled the guy who took her job. I'm like. Yeah, it would be crazy if that happened. But the movie doesn't say that that happens every day. It says it happens this one time. <laughs> like, yeah, if it happened, it could happen once. Is that a uh, thing people say? Or like, have people, a yes, people. Uh, film discourse is so bad. You know, it's it's the worst. I, I'm I, so I glad. Know. I'm so glad that I don't even. I'm not aware of this in any. Uh, it's it's the, the the the. I was not aware of it, but the for you tab on Twitter gives me a lot of tweets from i guess i follow people who follow a lot of film twitter bros and not even bros because there's less bros it was more like people who think they like movies but what they like is uh being angry um and anyway so we cut back to the psych office um sean is playing something of a football game because he says run ladanian um and uh, ladanian yeah ladanian tomlinson oh i didn't i didn't catch that i mean i caught it because i'm always thinking about lt um but (laughs) It's one of the dumbest things I've ever seen on the show. You're from New York. You should know that there's another LT that... I know there is. I know, but I, I, I'm aware. I know that... The thing, especially because as a person who grew up with Ladanian... My dad is a Giants fan, and he truly, anytime someone called Ladanian Tomlinson LT, he would get, like... He would pretend he was ironic mad, but he would actually be mad. <laughs> um, yeah, 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 yeah. You know sometimes dads do that where they pretend they're doing it as a bit, but it's like, no, I'm actually mad that he said LT. Um, yeah. Anyway. So, they end up... 
the next day, they, there's in the paper that they found this Mike guy, and he was mauled by a mountain lion. Yeah, he was mauled by a mountain lion, and, uh, you know, this just got a little bit more interesting. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, our gears are starting to turn as the audience. And <clears throat> Sean now thinks that this might be the murder that Connor's witnessed, not, um, not the original Zoe Sharp one, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, Sean never really believed that that's what he was talking about, but now it's like kind of proof, you know, because that'd be a crazy coincidence. And this is where Sean tries to get Gus to talk. He, he tries to basically set up Gus to talk to Trish, kind of be a dick to, you know, distract him and things. And if they, I hate to say, if I could use a term that the Zoomers are using, Gus just does not have the riz. Like, he is just completely, he's not doing it. He's just not. I'm sorry, but I, he doesn't. No, it's fine. I'm just I'm, la- I'm laughing because literally I told I got home the other day and my wife was like sitting on the couch and I just literally said the Riz God has arrived. And she just responded <laughs> she responded with what the fuck are you talking about? This is her this she's that's her English is her second language and you're teaching her this bullshit. What's wrong with you? I know. I'm yeah, I'm scum. But no, uh, I I saw a tweet. I saw a tweet. <laughs> A couple days ago, I think it was two days ago, that made me um, laugh out loud. Where it was, um, history, a history teacher. Um, they say that two percent of Asia shares DNA with Genghis Khan. Teenager who doesn't understand what that really means. Oh my God, Riz God. And yeah, so Sean is distracting him, and then because he's also pretending to read a book, and this causes Trish to be like. You know, it's so crazy how much quieter Sean is. He always used to need attention, and uh, but now he's so calm. He really matured. Yeah, she seems, like, super impressed. So this seems to be telegraphing that, like, somehow they're going to end up, like, shacking up in some way. Or, like, he's going to seduce her or something. I don't know. That seems to me how it's Yeah, it, it, uh, his scheme out. seems to be working. But then we cut to Sean talking to Henry. And Henry's still like, this is a coincidence. It happens, you know. Um, and uh, just whatever you know it, it there's no way that we can make this connection but sean wants to have information on the zoe case uh, the zoe sharp case um and how it related to mort yeah um and you know he brings up uh henry brings up a good point um which was what most cops should do it's that connor's like you know obviously he's He's going through some things. He has early, I think this is where it's confirmed that he has early... It was an earlier scene, but yes. Okay, okay. Since so I didn't he, say it because we've already been talking about it so much. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, he just mentions that like he was a good cop because he never accepted the easy answer, which is you should never accept the easy answer because you need to do your due diligence, and that's why he respected him, although now he doesn't necessarily believe him in, in what's going on and his theory of the case. Yes, that you should accept. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say that you shouldn't accept an easy answer, but you also shouldn't assume the easy answer is wrong. That's the hard. Honestly, that is just a huge part of the human condition that no one really can solve. But it is kind of the. It's one of the harder things for humans to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, But who is who is this Mort Crocker fella? Okay, so Mort Crocker is some sort of muckety muck in the community. I don't know what the hell. Oh, he's. I don't know what he is. He's just like a rich he dude. He founded right? a restaurant chain called Mort's. Um, okay. I honestly just was. Maybe I was the one. I because I'm you know a chain restaurant stand. And my less chain restaurant stand, the more I'm just an ambassador of chain restaurants. Um, as someone who grew up in the type of town where the, all the good restaurants are chain restaurants, uh, I just was wondering what type of food Mort served. I have a lot of questions, and you know, I. I I get the feeling it's like a Ruby Tuesdays vibe where it's like American dining, not super fancy, but fancy enough where the cups are all solid glass. That's what I was thinking. I'm, that was my vibe. I'm guessing more of like a Cracker Barrel kind of deal. I guess so. I just don't imagine that someone from Santa Barbara would do that. Like, okay, I have no idea what a Cracker Barrel is. I've never been there. Uh-oh. I don't know what they a serve. Cracker Barrel, Cracker Barrel is actually great. It's got a full store with a bunch of old-timey stuff and the deals – you get a country boy breakfast, ten dollars. You're getting you're getting two eggs, getting toast. You're getting some type of breakfast meat, and usually a side like grits or something like that for ten dollars. Fill yourself up. I'll, I always remember Hannibal's <laughs> called Cracker Barrel. He called it the Tim Duncan of chain restaurants. It's consistent. It will get you a twenty and ten every night. Um, anyway, okay. Um, I mean, I I need to. Try. I don't know where the hell there is one next to me, but I, and once again, it's it's so it. 
just what it seems like from the outside is what it is. It is like slightly racist feeling antebellum bullshit, but it also was like, you know what? If you want to have grits and some, you know, fried bacon, that's kind of the type of people you want to turn to sometimes, you know, it's like, you know, it just, it's uh yeah. Do you like grits? I don't, I, I do. Like I do. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not crazy. Like they're not my first choice. If I, I mean, now they kind of are cause they're not, there's no wheat in them, but, um, uh, I, I mean, I'm not crazy about like they're not something I write home about, but I do like grits. Um, yeah, but yeah, okay. I'll, 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 I'll basically stand up for any chain restaurant except for Applebee's, which is the be- the worst chain restaurant. Um, and uh, everyone who knows me knows I believe that Outback is the pinnacle of the form. Sorry, um, hold on. I let me. Well, I'll I'll end it on this. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, I once when I was staying in Lake Tahoe uh, for work. Um, during like the forest fires that were going on out there, mm-hmm. everything was closed, minus Applebee's. I had Applebee's twice a day for three days. I mean, it's not going to kill you. It just is the worst of the chain restaurants. I mean, no, but isn't it crazy that I had it that often? Like, of course, I can't tell you yeah, because I had fucking riblets. Oh, riblets are just so bad. They're so bad. What are riblets? What are they? It's like the bottom part of the rib. That's like they get it cheap. Um, anyway, okay. all right, yeah, yeah. That's, that's cool. So. Uh, the, the whole thing with this more Crocker and Zoe is that allegedly, and that was my uh, buzzer, but I'm not going to cut it out because I was mid-sentence and that would be pain, uh, that allegedly more and Zoe were having an affair. They were umping buglies, and uh, that's why she – there was a theory that that's why she was killed, but no proof. Yeah. Um, I mean, it adds up to me. It sounds like something a, a more Crocker would do. Uh, so I guess yeah. we'll see. Yeah. So, so they go to the t- next to day. The yeah. Yeah. They go to talk to the mountain lion. Um, and honestly, like that mountain lion is fucking scary. Like I wouldn't want to be in that room, even if it's in a cage. It just sounds no. fucking terrible. But and can I can I can I pick a bone with you, fucking West Coasters? The animal is called a cougar, and you motherfuckers have yes. to call it a mountain lion. I didn't say yes. You have to. You, you call it a mountain lion. Everywhere else in the world is like that's a cougar, except if it's black. They sometimes will call it a puma. But it is a cougar. That is what it is scientifically. But y'all are like, it's a mountain lion. It's not a fucking lion. It's definitely a cougar. So stop it. I Stop it. You care way too much about that. Yeah, because I grew back. up in a white suburb. I don't have any real problems. Of course I care about stuff like that. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. You got too much riz on your chip, bro. I do. No, honestly, it's just a thing that I – there's a thing I get frustrated about for no reason when – things are called things are like whenever there's a animal that's like a, have a, has an inaccurate name i'm like but it's not a lion why are they called not a lion and because i from a very early age i'm like i remember i had the thought when i first learned that i'm like okay they thought it was a lion in the mountains so they called the mountain lion but when science learned it wasn't a lion why are people still allowed to call it a mountain it's not a mountain lion. i mean i think it's like a new thing though like a relatively new thing because i mean i remember getting mauled to death in red dead redemption several times and that shit's mm-hmm. called a cougar and when you like kill them, well, because I, I, I mean, but I think that that would be named by people who are from like, it's. I think it's mostly just the West Coast that calls it, um, mountain lion. Uh, yeah, it's I wouldn't even really say that's just a California thing. Yeah, um, and oh, oh yeah, yeah. People call it catamounts occasionally, um, and panthers. That's fucking stupid. Uh, yeah, I mean, I like catamounts as like the name for Vermont's mascot, University of Vermont. Catamounts sounds cool, but like. I don't know. It's just think should have one name. It's just and these are anyway. Um, yeah, I and also the reason why I, I actually cared is because I the actual reason why I cared is in hindsight obviously undiagnosed OCD, but <laughs> it just was you know is what it was. Yeah. So uh, Sean says to the mountain lion, Simba, I am your father, um, and then I'm not Rappaport, which of course Gus points out was Aussie Davis. That's a movie I was not familiar with, but it's a good joke. I assume if you are, I'm. Yeah, I, I've, I'm familiar with the, with the movie. Okay. Shout rest in peace to Ossie Davis, obviously. Um, and, uh, yeah. Great, great Cincinnati Reds shortstop. Wait, what, what, who am I missing? Ossie Davis. Oh, Ozzy Smith, okay. Um, sorry, I was thinking of who, I was <laughs> trying to think of who you're, the joke of who you're confusing him with was. Um, and yeah, the cat is roaring. Um, and we noticed that the cat's a little skinny, though, too. It's like, it's, it's a little... It's it's lean. It's a lean meat. Yeah, yeah. It's a little bit malnourished. Um, not only does it is it malnourished, but there seems to be a spot of blood on the hind leg area ish. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. 
And so Sean and Gus get caught by a doctor at the zoo, and Sean sees two name tags, and he uh. acts that he's Hans Jorgensen, and Gus is Dr. <clears throat> Mick. Talk. Which, the thing that's annoying about this, besides obviously, like, it's, it's you know, just generally insensitive to the people of Africa. Okay. I actually don't, I don't like the fact that Sean specifically says that the Osa language is hard to master, right? But mm-hmm. maybe there was in the past, but the, a thing that really annoys me when people make these jokes is that there actually just is no modern African language that is just clicks, because that'd be fucking stupid. There are languages that use clicks, but, like, no one is just talking to each other like that. Like, Osa uses that occasionally, but like, it's not... Wait, there, there isn't? I mean, how do we know? How can I mean, we know? At least, at least, like, in terms of modern languages that are spoken today, I don't believe so. I'm, like, 94... Fairly uh, sure about that. I don't know, man. I think there's some things in this world that we just don't know. Uh, what is the African clicking language? Yeah, there's a uh, d- 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 click consonant. Yes. It's, um, yeah. I mean, I'm not even just centralizing it to Africa. I just mean like somewhere in the fucking world. Um, yeah, as far as I can tell that there are some languages that are small that use them for all consonants. Um but basically, there, there is no language in which you exclusively would. There would be, and I, my good friend Michael Springthorpe doesn't listen to this podcast, but he actually was a linguistics major, so he might be able to correct me on this. But there were just Thanks a lot, you, Mike. no one would create a language that was just clicks without vocal, like the voice. There's just no reason to do that. And so I think it's the reason I don't like it is because it implies that there's some people who are too like don't use enough of their entire physiology. I don't know. It just, it's racist is why I don't like it. Honestly. I mean, okay. That's, I mean, that's what I would have just start, started. For sure. with. I guess the thing is the fact that he <laughs> names a specific language is like the also language is a language that's spoken by real people. And it's not just that like, you know what I mean? Like okay. I, I, right. they might, in my opinion makes it more offensive because it's not like he's just making something up. He knows that there is a language that does use clicks occasionally, but then he pretends gotcha. that it's all just clicking noises, you know? That's offensive. Yeah, absolutely. Because, um, you know, that's, that's the language that's spoken in uh, Black Panther. All, all the quote-unquote Wakanda is also because John Connie, who played T'Chaka, is an Osa speaker natively. So. Ah, did not know that. Um, I was also super annoyed that, like, uh, the doctor that Sean is pretending to be is supposed to be Scandinavian, but he just does the straight-up German accent. Yeah, I, I can only be so mad at him because I've been known to do the exact same thing. It's one of those things with voices for me. In my head, I can hear the difference in my mind, and then when I try to vocalize it, I it just sounds. Insane. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, so we learn that it was strange that this mountain lion, I'll using your terminology, uh, would come down to kill someone because it's not like there was a drought. There was an abundance of foliage. All of the you know the cougars' prey would be. Fat, and easy, you know what I mean. So there'll be no, only in a drought, and you know this in California. When animals come down, it's because of drought usually because they don't have the normal food supply. That's correct. Yeah. Um. So you know that's good to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, they receive a phone call, or sorry, not they receive a phone call. The zoo director there receives a phone call about how one of the doctors who's supposed to help out with a worth worth. Sorry, it's, this is a hard word to say. Warthog. A warthog mm-hmm. uh, is giving birth, and they need someone to assist. So, Doctor McTalk, McClintock, what is it? McTalk. His name is just actually McTalk, but then he adds all the clicking noises in. Okay, so McTalk, they need him to sub in and uh, scrub up and and you know help out. And luckily, we're spared any of that nonsense. We only see Gus storming out of where wherever the birth was being conducted, and uh, promptly throws up in the trash can. Yes, um, definitely a thing that, like, I understand that Sean wants to, you know, make Gus do something he doesn't want to do, but, like, for one, you're actually just endangering the life of a newborn baby animal, and two, like, they should get arrested for that. (laughs) Like, that is actually, like, really bad. Um, but anyway, uh, so, we see Mort Crocker comes into the police station, um, and... Clearly, you get the vibe that Carlton respects Connors enough that he is uh, following up on this lead, even though he thinks he's a little delusional. So the, like, the mere fact that he's bringing more in means that he wants to help him somewhat, you know? You know what's weird is I didn't get that impression. I got, I got that it kind of came from, like, above him, and he's just following up on it. 
I guess that's fair, but the only person above him is Vic, and I can just tell you that, like, Lasseter having respect In that office, for, maybe, like, in, I don't know. But, I don't know, I guess, that I guess, I'll say, this, it makes a lot of sense, the idea that Lasseter would have a lot of respect for a cop who came before him, who he thought was, like, a good guy. Like, that just is, like, a very, you know, yeah. a yeah, very okay. in-character thing. But anyway, um, yeah, that he more immediately knows that it's Connors, because apparently he's had this vendetta for a while, you know, so. Yeah, and he denies having seen this Mike McClintock. Bottom line. But I did just text Michael Springthorpe, and he says, correct, that there is no language that's just clicks. Thank God I'm right about that, because I, I was really self-righteous when I was talking, and I'm like, if I'm wrong. Yeah, I'm you were. Go. You were. I was going <laughs> to fucking nail you. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, they go to the trail, which is closed, and Sean has a brilliant plan of how to uh, how to get it, um, how to get over the, um, the, the thing that shows that it's closed. Yeah, uh, he just steps his ass over it, and that's it. Um, they're going to hit the trail. They decide, you know, they're going to go down the trail to where McClintock was found, and Sean is going to use his skills to track down said animal, uh, or something like that, or track down whatever the fuck went down. Yeah. So they do, or he finds some, well, first he bullshits about finding dog tracks, flamingo tracks, whatever else kind of tracks, um, no, no, oh, does... whoa, 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 not not tracks. I it's poop, as you say. <laughs> oh, is it poop? Yeah, it's poop. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, okay, okay. Um, um, and they well, find this first. Yeah, I also do love it's a black lab and Akita lizard flamingo. I just I don't know for some reason the the way that I went was funny to me. Yeah, yeah, I kind of figured it'd be your kind of thing. Um, and so they find a footprint, and they fall. Is it a footprint or is it shit? Now I think it's just a footprint. No, now it's a footprint. If they find the footprint okay. for okay. the yeah. And they follow it to the kill zone. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's conflicting evidence around there. Uh, it looks like the animal came from one direction, but the body was brought dragged or dragged from a, from a different direction. Yeah. So Gus, you know, guesses that the murder didn't happen there. And it looks like mm-hmm. the kitty was framed. Exactly. But then they get caught by a park ranger who they, we, when we do the jump cut, we realize that he, they convinced him that they were, lost for two days um and uh they're drinking a soup that gus called my, a chowder yeah my first question would be why the fuck would uh someone go camping and whatever the hell gus is wearing or even hiking um and by the way i just looked it up apparently there is no like literal difference between the soup and a chowder it just is a subjective thing about thickness um uh-huh. so that doesn't help Thank uh you. But Sean wants some crackers, which I think fair. If you're having a soup of some kind, you want a carb to soak up the juices, you know? Yeah, and oyster crackers are goaded. That's my favorite kind of cracker. I, 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 you know, when I could eat crackers, I would agree with you. Yeah, so uh, Sean knows a bunch of clues. Specifically, that speaking of crackers, crockers, that this guy's <laughs> a lot of connection. A lot of connections to the crockers. <laughs> yes, he does. Um, but what I did notice right away is that Gus is dipping his saltines in fucking hot cocoa? Or is that chowder they're eating? I think it's like a tomato chowder thing. Yeah. Okay, I thought soup. they were having like, I thought no, they were having no, like, because no, they mentioned that it's soup. Okay. 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 Yeah. And they also noticed a cage outside with some blood on it. Yeah. Um, and the most troubling part of all this is, you know, they start to talk about like why the mountain lion would have done this or whatever. And... The park rangers mentions that it's been a dry year um, and that there hasn't been a lot of food, so it makes sense for the mountain lions to have strayed from their paths and, you know, mm-hmm. taking someone down, which completely contradicts what the zoo director said. And uh, Sean and Gus know that he's lying. So yeah. let's see what happens. Yep. And this is when uh, Captain Connors has a full Alzheimer's episode where he's in full uniform. He goes into the police station and starts acting mm-hmm. like he's still the captain. Um he sits at Lassie's desk, and uh, when Lassie asks him to leave and tries to help him out, uh, he he asks him, "You what?" He says, "You want to dance, pal?" Yeah, and he puts up his dukes, and uh, and he gets a lick on him. Mm-hmm. And as it's happening, uh, Trish runs in, and we learn that he went missing. Um, and uh, when he's getting like pulled out by Lassiter, he confuses Henry. Sorry, Sean for Henry. And Sean is originally upset for hair reasons. Um, but then he Fair says, enough. like, you know, 
he does a, a thing that is unusually noble for Sean and says, come on, this is Captain Brett Connors, let him go. And kind of like plays along with it to keep, keep him from the embarrassment. Um, Correct. Which is a nice yeah. Thing. Yeah, it was nice. Um, although I will tell Sean, as someone who is uh, whose mother-in-law does hair transplants, you don't get your hair from your father, typically. So don't worry, Sean. Yes, uh, yes. Um, uh, the hair... Tra- Man, that, the technology is getting really good with hair transplants. That's the thing. I feel, You got to feel bad for the people who got it in, like, 1998, when it still looked bad. Because now it looks pretty good. Yeah, who was, like, the worst one, like... Travolta's wasn't that good, right? Well, no, Travolta never had a hair transplant. He's always worn hair pieces, which is that's his. Oh, thing. hair pieces. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. Pivens is pretty good. Steve Carell's is amazing. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. I, yes. Uh, but anyway, the um, Joel McHale's is also very good. Although yes. the, thing, the thing he did, which I think was smart, is that his hairline is still not great, but it's not horrible. Like he didn't do the thing that some people do, where it's like your hairline looks like you're twelve. You know, like his is still yeah. pretty far back. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So he sees in the lobby, he sees um, Sabrina Vito uh, with a box of Mike McKimmel and stuff and goes over to talk to her. Yeah, um, and he notices in while they're talking uh, his shoes in, in the box of, of uh, I guess, the stuff that he brought. And that's when they find out that they were only in town for a specific reason. It was for Mike. Mm-hmm. They're both from Pennsylvania, and he was looking for his birth parents. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and what did he learn about his birth mother? Oof, I forgot that. Well, what is the, what do we know about his birth mother? Oh, that she died like 20 years ago. Exactly. Yeah. She died 20 years ago and the birth father is supposed to be around still. And he's supposed to be some, you know, he's supposed to have like money. So mm-hmm. obviously at this point we kind of know where this is going. Yes. Um, well, 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 we think we know where it's going. That's the thing. We think that's we know true. Where it's that's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, and Sean notices a prescription for biotin, which I don't know what that is. I could have looked it up, but uh, I take it. You take biotin? You have a biotin I deficiency? Do. What is? No, it? I don't. It helps oh. you like it helps your hair grow longer, like and thicker. Oh, okay. Not because like my hair is thick. I just want my hair to grow long faster. So okay. the thing is, it I also d- it also like uh, makes your nails grow really yeah hard and strong. So mm-hmm. people with like brittle nails, they take biotin as well. Okay, so it's just th- yeah, that makes sense. Um. In, good to know. I uh, I actually at some point I need to get on one of those like keeps things because my hair is not bad now, but like it's not gonna stay good. It's 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 every time I get a haircut, I'm a little bit like, oh okay. Uh, well, it's a good anyway. thing you have that top kind of hat. Yeah, I mean, I got a lot of hats. Um, and you know what they say about a guy who wears a lot of hats? He's this line was home? just in an episode of Psych. It was in an episode of Psych like two weeks ago. Fuck, he doesn't like his haircut. He doesn't like his haircut. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah, my bad. Yeah, so. They go to they they go to the Crocker household expecting just to break in like they always do, and uh, I do I do like that after so many times of them just lying the way to get in somewhere they completely fail <laughs> like they yeah 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 well. yeah I did appreciate that that touch, um, but I do love that they get busted by some lady who's like you know they assume is just like some person like cutting the hedges or whatever but it turns out she is the wife of Mort Crocker Eva Edna Edna Edna. Um, and so sure enough, they get the fucking boot and they head off to the pharmacy next where they're yes. going to get a prescription for more Crocker, which, okay, sure. I guess. That's yeah. I mean, do. I, depending on what it is, you actually can pick up a prescription for anyone. Basically, if you have their date of birth and it's not a controlled substance, um, okay. As far as I, I mean, I, there could be some more stuff depending on what it is. But if bio, biotin is just like a vitamin, right? Like it's just not a vitamin, but it's like a. Um, I can't imagine it's something that has a lot of, uh, like control on it. So, um, you know, I am I. I just know that I know people who have picked up prescriptions for like girlfriends or boyfriends or stuff, and they don't. You don't actually need uh, to be like family or something. Anyway, yeah, we learned there are no prescriptions. But what? What? What are you interrupting before? I'm not interrupting. Oh, sorry. I thought I thought that was when I said that. I'm like, I sounded like I was like, "What are you interrupting before?" But I'm like, "Oh, did I miss something important?" Is what I meant by it. But um, mm. I uh, don't know tone. But anyway, they, they do a one-two punch where Gus is trying to be really polite, <laughs> but then Sean starts a scene as he always does. Yeah, at first I thought he was pretending to be some sort of drug addict or someone that needed his mm-hmm. pills, or like he was impersonating Mort Crocker. But I assume anyone in that town knows who the fuck mm-hmm. this guy is. 
Um, and I'm still not quite sure what the hell he was trying to do. Was he trying to pretend like he's like a... I think he was trying to imply that he was going to get, like, fired because he didn't get the prescription. But okay. more than anything, he just made this pharmacist uneasy. And this is where they learned that the prescription was picked up was a biotin prescription. And since a biotin pres- deficiency is hereditary, they can kind of assume that he's the father, even though they like li- it's not, like, evidence. It's given not that they plan. know... Yeah, given that they know that his mother died 20 years ago and the father's rich, like, th- they can put it together, you know? Um, and so, yeah. anyway. Um, we then have the bit where Sean found an eyewitness. And who was the eyewitness to the, the crime? Uh, was it Mike? Yes, it was Mike. It was the poster of Mike. Yes, the poster of Mike. Um, yeah, he first of all, he asked Lassie and Julia to meet him, and he lays it all out. He basically explains that Zoe Sharp was the mother, and it sounds like Crocker killed his own son as well mm-hmm. as the mother. Um, and that's when, you know, uh, Connor starts to reminisce about this crime scene 30 years, 20 years ago, whatever it was. That the summer of 86 was a dry summer, and the mountain lions were hungry, and they must have eaten the evidence and covered his tracks, and he'll be damned if, uh, if he gets away with it this time. Yes. So the, the thing that they kind of stumble on is that the first time with the mountain lions was an accident, but this time wasn't. And they had to go through lengths to recreate it since it wasn't a dry uh, year. Um, and okay, got cool. help. I was yeah. I was super confused about that. Yeah. So the first time was a was an accident. It, it was an accident. No, the, the actual murder. They murdered her, put her in the woods and they got a Who's happy they? accident. Uh, well, just. OK, uh, fine. All right, and, uh, all right, all right, all right. Yeah. Um, and so it was a happy accident that she got eaten and they decided to recreate that. But of course the problem was that it was a wet year. Um, so it was, a wet, hot was, it was a wet, hot American summer. Exactly. Ranger Soda was involved. Um, but the problem is that, um, Cracker's got an airtight alibi. He was in, he was in the shy, shy town. He was in Chicago. The second city. The he was eating at uh, the beef. Uh, no, yes. he was speaking at a symposium in front of 200 people. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it doesn't look like it's him. But that doesn't stop Connors from going off after Crocker himself. And it uh, looks like it's going to be party time now. Yes. And so speaking of parties, he interrupts a party and basically goes up to more Crocker and tries to arrest him. Um, and uh, they, the other people obviously arrive, just, you know, stop him. But he ends up running away and runs after chased into a greenhouse. We notice a suspicious mulch. That is a similar color to the stuff on the shoes of Mike uh, McMillan, which they highlight a couple times, but it's, you know, you put it together pretty quickly. Um, yep. And, and so, uh, yeah. yeah, the Crockers show up um, just in time and Sean goes over what he, what his theory of the crime is. Hmm. And this is when we find out that it was actually Edna Crocker yes. who offed Mike. And Edna's, uh, what was Edna's mating name this, by any her main name was DeSoto, so mm-hmm. her brother is the park ranger explaining mm-hmm. the picture and uh, explaining this whole situation, essentially. So, yeah, yeah that, you know, that she didn't want to give up the money. And you kind of feel, a little, I mean, one, I mean, obviously she's, you, the first one is like, you can, you can chalk it up to anger about, you know, uh, a, an affair. Mm-hmm. But this one is like purely just like, gross greed and uh you know she's gonna burn in hell probably um you so know. okay so she killed zoe sharp the first yeah I, yes yes okay it's never explicitly said so no because it's there's obviously not as much evidence but yes that's the idea okay. um okay. and so uh they arrest her and uh the captain is like an issue arrest warrant for john DeSoto. um and you know they listen to him because he has a triumphant moment and he also gets a commendation um mm-hmm. yeah and and uh what is that what does uh henry recommend he do to get his keep his brain in shape crossword puzzles i don't know i didn't yep. hear that part. Uh, yep and okay. uh of course connor's it's like no i like sudoku which mm-hmm. you gotta hand it to him the fact that a man in the year 2007 over the age of 50 didn't say sudoku that's progress you know because that was the thing people were doing all the time back then people want to act like it, everyone was saying sudoku like a bunch of idiots 
I've never played Sudoku. I have no idea how to I play have. It. I have only like very easy puzzles. Do you do you play Sudoku? Is that like what you is that the action of I, it? I don't know. I, I didn't I did it when I was in like middle school when like it was sort of introduced as a game. It's a numbers based game and you know me, my games of choice are trivia and memory based always. So like it just was never it's like like very like a logic puzzle and uh thinking more than one step ahead is for uh people not named Jake Christie, so I it wasn't for me. Okay. It is definitely it does take a lot of thought though. Like you, it is like a game. I, I, I would actually say if you were trying to maintain your memory, I would definitely say play Sudoku and not crossword puzzles. Um, gotcha. Anyway, uh, then Sean is back talking. Sean, Trish, and Gus are talking, and Sean is trying. You know, he's he he shuts down the Riz for a moment to try to clear the air on the grievance with the tennis ball. Yeah, it doesn't go well. Uh, he doesn't take it very well. Um, still unclear. I think she's guilty of it, but I think so too. Yeah, she doesn't own up to it, and basically he blew it. She mm-hmm. she like moves on. She goes to go see her dad again, and mm-hmm. that's when Sean suggests that Gus go after her instead. What a bro! Uh, mm-hmm. If I can't have her, I guess you can. But mm-hmm. thanks. Yeah, but then they decide. Like Sean says, okay, well then I'll be kissing her in ten minutes. You know, just some juvenile stuff, and I think the thing is, they're probably neither are probably gonna be kissing her because you know, uh, she seems completely turned off on uh, Sean now, and I don't think she ever looked at Gus that way. So, um, good luck, but I don't think it's gonna happen. Um, yeah. But anyway, what do you give this episode out of ten? I think this is the best one so far, um, but I would just give it. I would give it an eight out of ten. I give it a seven point five. I think it also is the best one so far, but I uh, I'm excited to see what comes up because I think the season finishes strong. And you know what else finishes strong? This podcast, because this is where we tell people where you can find us on Twitter. You can follow the show at First Psych, and Andre, where people follow you? You can follow me at Andre Barrera. And you can follow me at the J Christie. Please rate, review, subscribe, share this show with the biggest psych fan in your life, and more important than that, listen to us next Tuesday as we talk about From the Earth to Starbucks. Mm-hmm.